0: Will my IRA investment trigger the ubit tax? Hey everyone, Adam Bergman here, tax attorney, founder of IRA Financial, and welcome to another episode of Ad Bits. On today's podcast, I'm going to be reviewing the ubit tax and specifically address whether an IRA investment would or will trigger the ubit tax. And this is obviously a pretty nasty tax, as you will learn. It can go up to 37% at a very, very low income threshold at approximately 15 or so thousand dollars. And it can turn a really tax-friendly, at least perceived tax-friendly IRA investment into uh you know pretty much tax nightmare with the 37% tax. So it's important to understand the UBIT tax. Um, and that's what I'm going to do today. Now, by way of background, it's important to understand you know the history of this provision, which is found under Section you know, 511, 512, 513, 514 in the Internal Revenue Code. And ultimately, this these provisions were put in the code in the 50s, really to address charities, right? Tax exempts. The whole idea of unrelated business income tax was to stop a charity from running a business and not paying tax. Or in another way of putting this, stopping a business to set up a charity and run their business through a charity and never pay tax, right? Congress is worried that people, companies like McDonald's or GE would set up charity arms and run their business through a charity and because they're a 501c3, be exempted from tax. So they put these rules in effect and essentially this is how it works. An activity is subject to UBIT. Number one, if the activity is unrelated to its trade or business, and right now I'm talking about unrelated trade or business, in the context of a charity like the Red Cross or a hospital or a school, we'll see in a few minutes when we incorporate these definitions to retirement accounts, they they really don't make that much sense. So in order to trigger UBIT, number one, it has to be unrelated to its trader business. So the hospital sells, um, you know, I, I don't know iPhones, right? Uh, two, there's an exemption for passive income categories that are not business income, like capital gains, rental income, real estate, royalties, dividends, interest. Those are not business income. So that exempted from the unrelated trader business tax. And then, third, if you sell property that is inventory, business income, that will also obviously be trader business income, so long as it's unrelated. Okay. So the big thing is it has to be unrelated and you need a trader business. All right. If it's passive, like dividends, royalties, interest, capital gains, real estate, rental income. You generally do not have Ubit, right? So it's it's kind of not super difficult to, to incorporate these definitions for tax-exempt charities, right? Like if a hospital, as I mentioned, sells bicycles or cars or parking spaces, that's not really related and it's unrelated to its purpose of saving people's lives, right? Just like if a school, um start selling um i don't know um cars right it's unrelated to its exempt purpose and that should be treated as business income that income is not dividends royalties rental income interest capital gains um it would be a business now what happens if you sell products like widgets but it's not a business it's a one-off sale well the idea is that since it's not business income there's no trader business that income should not be subject to the UBIT. Now, in the case of a charity, generally they're not—they're either in a business or not. They're not just like selling one or two things. They're either selling, you know, thousand candy bars or you know, thousand sets of flowers. They're not just selling, you know, uh, a watch here and there. So, in the tax exempt world, UBIT is pretty um, easy to spot. When it comes to IRAs, IRAs are taxed like charities, right? 501, they're not 501c3s, they're 501 trusts. They're tax exempt, right? That's one of the big advantages of investing through an IRA is you don't pay tax on the income generated by the retirement account. So unfortunately, they're treated as trusts, 501. So they're thus pushed into this UBIT tax regime, even though I don't think the intent Was for retirement accounts to be subject to UBIT, but they are. So the problem with applying the UBIT tax rules to IRAs is IRAs don't have an exempt purpose, right? What's unrelated trade or business? What's unrelated to its exempt purpose? IRAs don't have an exempt purpose, right? They're not a a hospital, they're not a school, they're not a church. Their only job is to generally grow their account for their account holder. So what's unrelated doesn't really work the definition doesn't make sense and it doesn't integrate correctly into the definition of a retirement account because it doesn't have an unrelated exam purpose however we're stuck with this regime for better or worse or definitely for worse so if you have a self directed ira what are the three types and i'm, I'm summarizing all this from section 5 11, 12 13 and 14 into three categories of exempt transactions so you can't do leverage with real estate there is an exemption for 401ks but if you use leverage for real estate you're going to trigger unrelated debt finance income based off the percentage of debt used which is subject to the uva tax leverage by stock that's number two right and then the third if you invest in an active trader business right a restaurant Store uh, software company that's operated through a pass through entity like an LLC. Why do I say pass through? Is because corporations block UBIT. That's why if you own Apple or Google stock or any publicly traded stock for that matter, you're not going to have to deal with UBIT, including REITs, mutual funds, ETFs. Why? Because 99.9% of all publicly traded companies are corporations. So they block the UBIT. So that's why I mentioned pass through. If you IRA invest in a restaurant that's a corp, you don't have UBIT. If your IRA invests in a REIT, a real estate company that's ha- using leverage, that's a corp, no UBIT. But if the real estate activity is through an LLC, the store software company is through an LLC, anything above $1,000 of net income allocated to that retirement account would be subject to UBIT. So what happens for one-off investments, right? Remember I said, you let's say you sell some widget, right? Maybe you sell not a collectible, but maybe you sell a car. Right or a watch, uh, not an antique watch, but you just want to sell. You, you buy Rolex and you sell it. You buy a, a Tesla and you sell it. Your IRA is not a business; it's just you know a one-off transaction. Is that subject to you, ben? And and the answer is probably not because it's not a trader business, right? It's the same with crypto mining. If your IRA is engaged in crypto mining passively, you know, you maybe have a couple computers with a um, Know, basically, a game card, and um, you're just kind of mining passively, barely making any money. But you are trying to mine. It's it's going to be, I think, difficult for the IRS to argue that's a trader business, um, even if it's unrelated to the exempt purpose, because I don't think it's a trader business, right? Whereas if you have 50 computers mining in, in a separate warehouse, I think you have a trader business. Same with staking, right? If you're just kind of staking passively, uh, even though the IRS recently came out with a guidance saying staking. Generally creates gross income. If you're staking passively and it's not a trader business, um, it, you know, maybe hard for IRS to argue based on the IRS on the IRA context that you have UBIT. Now, for an individual and in staking, um, that's gross income. Uh, but since an IRA doesn't pay tax on gross income and only pays tax on UBIT income, ordinary business income, is that staking? Is it rise to the level of an ordinary income business income? I don't think so, but it could, right? If if you have um the intent to do this more actively than passively, you know, maybe that, that income rises to the level of a business income. But all in all, again, three things to trigger you in an IRA. Use a loan to buy stock. And the loan always has to be non-recourse. You cannot personally guarantee the loan. That's just based off the prohibited transaction rules under 4975 C. So non-recourse loan to buy stock, one. Two, non-recourse loan by real estate, there is exemption for 401ks, like solo 401ks, you could do it without UBIT. Third, you invest in an active trader business, like a restaurant through an LLC, not a corporation. If you just do one-off transactions where you're generating ordinary income, maybe like mining or staking, or maybe selling a car here and there, and it's not business income, I think there's a good argument to argue that no UBIT would apply since you don't have unrelated trader business uh, income, even if it's exempt or not exempt from the purpose of the ira it's not a trader business so there you have it um one last thing i want to mention is options lapsing or termination of options um is not ubit okay it's not like borrowing um money to buy stock and when you're you short or shorting or going long uh using options uh that is not ubit and that's uh based off um section 5 um 12 of the internal revenue Code. So. There you go. Hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. UBIT's a complicated subject, so I've done a lot, a lot of content on it. I still get a lot of questions and that's cool. Uh, I'm going to keep talking about it, writing about it um, because it's important to understand because as I mentioned, it can turn a really smart tax advantage investment into a mess. And sometimes, you know, let, let's say oil and gas investments, they're generally better to be done outside a retirement account. Why? Oil and gas investments, you get a return on investments without tax. Um, it's a much more tax friendly and savvy investment for non-retirement accounts. Whereas if you do it in an IRA, um, you could trigger UBIT. In most cases, you will, which um, the tax can go as high as 37%. So it's not always you know, a super ideal uh, investment for retirement accounts. Otherwise, that's it. So too, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed today's podcast. I appreciate it. Um, if you have a question, comment, leave it. I do my best to get back to everyone whether you're a client or not, ASAP. Um, otherwise, thanks for hanging out today. appreciate it. Have an amazing rest of your day. Take care.